Welcome, baseball fans. It's time for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, good to see you again. Good to see you. Yep. How have you enjoyed this postseason? Oh, I really have. So far, it's been we've had a lot of exciting games, uh, and we have the potential for a Cleveland Chicago Cub World Series. Uh, the potential, not there yet. Not but, there yet. Uh, but um, the teams that I kind of wanted to go uh, get this far have gotten this far. Yeah. Well, it, we're taping this on a Monday. Uh, and so we're, you know, we got Cleveland and Toronto tonight for game three. So, you know, we're going to quickly recap the last couple of weeks and then talk about managing. But uh, it really has been exciting. What what moments or moment has stood out to you the most? Um, the Probably seeing Kershaw come in and close it off against the Giants. Um, the uh, I. This is, and particularly with his game last night, uh, Kershaw is certainly been one of the better pitchers of my lifetime. Uh, I mean, regular he, season, he's a right, Hall of Famer almost, <laughs> right? But uh, and he needed uh, to do it in the postseason to kind of put that exclamation point on his uh, career. By the way, it was the Nationals that. Oh he yeah, the Nationals. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> But it is good for the Dodgers. They didn't run into the Giants. So. That is true. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Kershaw stood out. How about the play of Javier Baez? Uh, really? I mean, uh, this is the the person who has made his mark. The one that is, you know, the that kind of has come out in the playoffs that the world suddenly recognizes. Right. You you look on Twitter. There are a lot of Cubs fans saying, "Oh yeah, we've known this all year." But how great is it to oh. have? He's making baseball fun again. Truly making baseball fun again. There are a lot of people out there that are. Javier yeah. by it, but Lindor. I mean, just watch it. You can't help but like this guy. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I mean he's smiling all the time. You know, all, all you've got to do is like seeing him saving babies now. And, you know, <laughs> we can go ahead and uh, give him sainthood. <laughs> well, um, you know, what, what did you think of... Let's talk a little about the teams just out of the box here, officially. Uh, the teams that are uh, eliminated. So the Rangers. I mean, obviously it was great to see them square off with the Blue Jays, but just a, a complete non-show by them. Really? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, and I, the Blue Jays are very exciting. And I mean, right. they're very exciting by virtue of having some very dominating players. They have the best power hitters in the game with exception, perhaps of Baltimore. Right. Uh, the, uh, I mean, but, uh, and Donaldson, one of the greatest, I mean, and their ballpark gets into it so much. They are just a real exciting team. Uh, their, their pitching has, I mean, uh, who would have thought J a Happ would have had the season he's had. And, you know, I mean, they, they've been, uh, been exceptional uh i they can beat anybody if they're hot right and uh the rangers weren't you know i mean that's just the way it goes in the playoffs you know the rangers were the better team from you know the beginning of the season on you know but very reminiscent of those braves teams that we you know i wasn't done the same way was it done the not same done way? the same way but do you think that for the rangers in particular the long layoff i mean they were they they knew they had that division wrapped up for so long 
that it really cooled them off because the Cubs certainly bounced back and you know got right into it after having you know clinched the, that's the an old question nobody ever really knows the answer to. Right. Uh, I don't think it it affects them that much. I mean, they've been they were well rested, you know. Yeah. Well, and it seemed like Toronto just got in the punches early. Like it, I felt like right. maybe with the exception of game two, that they were just always playing from behind. Mm-hmm. And especially when you get behind in Toronto, it's it's deafening. Um, and then the Giants, we finally extinguished them, the cockroaches, as they've been so aptly named, uh, in an even year. Uh, some some words of farewell to the Giants. Oh, I'm glad. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I uh, sorry, San Francisco. No, I. They have probably the most accomplished manager in the game, uh, with the sure. exception of Madden, perhaps. I mean, more accomplished yeah, than Madden, and more accomplished. How, how yes. many World Series does Madden have? Right, right. So. More accomplished, uh, and uh, they have a smart, intelligent uh, front office that has put together a group of players that play within a certain kind of payroll structure. Uh, I mean, they they don't overpay and don't have these long contracts that are uh, become tremendous burdens. Sure. Uh, they have done it intelligently. I don't like their players. You know, <laughs> you know I, like, I like Buster Posey. All right. But oh. I just don't like watching them. I don't like watching Hunter Pence. I'm sorry. Uh, and I know into much of the world, and particularly San Francisco, I know he's your darling, but uh, <laughs> the grace and beauty of baseball just and, and Hunter Pence don't seem to go together. <laughs> I, you know, what attracts me about baseball, the eloquence and the beauty and and then there's Hunter Pence. I just don't, I just can't, you know. I like Hunter Pence. And so. I'm not a fan of somebody who throws at people's heads. Let's talk about this real quick, because you really surprised me with this uh, sort of uh, uh, condemning of Bumgarner. He's never been suspended for something like this, which you say that he is. I, oh, I don't. Well, I don't know if he's suspended. Not. I know he's a headhunter. That's all. That's all. It matters. Whatever he throws at people's heads, he's got. He's got wicked control. You yeah. know, he's one of these guys that can hit bugs. Uh, <laughs> seriously, but he. Well, he throws at people's heads. It's okay. Throw it anybody. Throw as hard as you want from here down. Just, you know, and you want to hit somebody, throw it their waist. You can move your head pretty quick, but you can't move your waist that much. You want to hit them, throw them, at, uh, throw it, hit them in the waist. Don't throw it their heads. But don't I, be dangerous. Well, I agree. I agree entirely with don't be dangerous. Don't throw at people's heads. But if, what, isn't there a fine line between just coming in like chest high and tight? Chest high is fine. And Head high is different. He has the control. He's not doing that by accident. A ball that sails behind your head, or your natural instinct is to go back like that into it. I've seen careers ended. Oh, you know, agreed. And, and, people have died. Yes. Uh, one. Uh, well, <laughs> one, majorly, a very though. famous one. Yeah, yeah but uh, still, the uh, it, it's fine to throw in tight. I, I, I don't. And shoulder high. That's that's part of the game. That's what you should do. But if it's 
okay to throw at somebody's head than it is quite okay for the batter to throw his bat right at the pitcher as well. <laughs> you may have a fair argument there in the in the gladiator sense of it, but I just I watch a lot of Madison Bumgarner games because, right. and I know you do as well. But you know, and I, I've certainly been enamored with his postseason excellence over the last well, I think we, couple we were, of visits. I think we, we were talking about Kershaw and and his uh, legacy, if you will, sure. uh, as such, but. Uh, Bumgarner's already stamped that part of the ticket. He's, right. you know, one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time, period. And he's building uh, that regular season resume as well. Yes, he, he gets is. stronger uh, and stronger they, every year. No doubt he's a great pitcher. There have been a lot of great pitchers that were headhunters, unfortunately. There have been a lot of there have been a lot of politicians that seem to have an affinity for extramarital affairs and such. Right. All right. Uh, you you it, heard it here first, yeah, by well, the way. I mean, you know, across the world, I mean, it seems to be yeah. a, a personality type. Uh, and I think there is a personality type in pitchers that throw at people's heads. Pedro did. Uh, and, and he did it supposedly always in support of somebody throwing tight to one of his teammates. I don't know that that's true. You know, I, I couldn't gauge that. It seems a little extreme to me. Uh, the uh, You have you've seen all the things that Clemens did, you know? Oh, sure. Uh, I mean... Uh, he literally did throw the bat, but it was at the hitter. So Gibson threw at people all the time. Drysdale nailed people all the time. Drysdale wanted to hurt them, and he threw right at their waist, uh, where you... They couldn't get out of the way of it. They would often turn and get hit right in the stomach. I, I saw more than one pitcher, uh, hitter, laying on the ground trying to get his breath back after being hit by Drysdale. Uh, that's okay. That's part of the game. Throw it somebody's head. No, I don't like. Uh, and bottom line, I'm not a real big, bu- you know, mad bum fan. Right, personality outside of the outside of the diamond as well. I understand all that. I'm just I'm myself because. I was caught off guard. I guess I'm looking for the video evidence, and you're gonna have just to watch. Just watch. I, but I do is the thing. Oh, okay. I, I, I right. see so many of his. And, and I'm gonna give you this, and then we're gonna move on. Yasiel Puig, right? Mm-hmm. His public enemy number one, his arch rival, if you will. When he threw at him, he threw at his feet. You know, like if you're really a headhunter mentality, why wouldn't that be the guy that he would I, knock it's down? Just, it's up just top? the thug image of a pitcher that I don't like. You know, okay. I mean, right. uh, it's Kurt Schilling. You know, they're, they're there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Buster... You don't Bu- see that with players. No, you don't. And, you know, I mean... Uh, Lind- player- uh, uh, what's it? Roofnet Odor, though, maybe. <laughs> okay, Odor, maybe. The, uh, I'll give you that. But I mean, a, yeah. it, it's just like wide receivers. They, you know, they have this different, you know, mindset. Right. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, you know, uh, but a, a fond farewell to the Giants and, and really what incredible success when you really stop and think about it. You know, the three championships in eight years and they just you can't put them away. They, and, and their bullpen was a nightmare this year, which they have not had in, in these World Series runs. I mean, I'd I, have to think about it in more detail, but I think probably in the last 10 years, they are. uh second only to St. Louis in terms of sure. uh, being a well-run, well-managed organization. 
But that you know, and it's interesting enough though they did not have the pieces to go get Chapman. So right, some of the trades right. they've made, you know, maybe the one is starting to crumble a little bit. This this illustrious you know front office Boy. moves, but I mean that doesn't take away from how great you know the vast majority of their moves have been. Signing Bumgarner, your favorite, uh, to that early contract. Bumgarner anyway. as good as you get. I'm not, yeah. you know, saying but signing him, signing him to that contract, sure. so friendly. You know, I didn't to the think. Team. I thought Cueto was finished. You, right. You know, we I, talked about I, it last year. The uh, and I've never been a Samarjan fan. Uh, a little bit when he was at Notre Dame, you know. <laughs> right. But uh, the uh, I, they make all the right moves. I mean, their pitching was decimated after last year. You know, they didn't go spend all the money on the thing, you know, what it was. Yeah, the freak. Yeah. And they didn't go after Price, and they didn't go after right. Grinky, right. you know. So, And, you know, they do have Buster Posey, and he's smart. He saves money by living in his locker. So And cleaning his socks. and That's right. And, you yeah. know, a hat full of chicken strips from the, from the I mean, he's, yeah. he's just great. He's he's someone that you can, you can easily root for. So, all right, moving on. Going first to third. Um... I would say, and I think you'll probably be in agreement. Well, let me let me say one thing. Sure. We didn't say anything about the Red Sox. You're right. We didn't. All right, Red Sox or the Nationals, but or or, uh, or the Nationals, and 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 really, that's a gross oversight on my part. Red Sox swept. I know. I what know. in the world? Uh, I think Francona did a wonderful job. Uh, I so think. great for his revenge. And I'm so, yeah. And then if they had gone on beyond that, they could have uh, maybe faced Theo Epstein uh, later yeah. on. But uh, long shot. Uh, I They were the hottest team co- coming into the playoffs. I thought they were the surest lock because Cleveland's pitching staff was so decimated, you know, having sure. lost their number two and number three starter. Uh, and it's, we were going to talk about this later, but uh, what Francona does to win that series with all of those those players were all having such great seasons. I mean, you know, uh, multiple MVP candidates, right? Uh, probably won't come from the Red Sox because there'll be too many votes for too many of them, right? Yeah, yeah. the Golden State Warriors yeah, right, right. problem. I was just amazed that, I mean, again, you look at Big Poppy's farewell season, how much of a storybook it has been, and yeah, I mean, in that that game number three in Boston, they were so cool under the pressure of it. And this is the first trip to the postseason for so many of these oh, right, right. Indians players. Right. And to close that out, I, I always look at, at at victories like that. And the 2010 San Francisco Giants, you know, winning in Atlanta when Bobby Cox was on the farewell tour, similar right. in recent memory. Um I was very impressed by that, and that you know I've had love for Cleveland for the last couple of years. You're, yeah. you as well. That really took them to another level for me, where I think they may sweep the Blue Jays. I mean, it's two zero as we're sitting here talking right now. They may, but uh, Indians have not played that well on the road, and good point. The Jays play very well at home. Uh, Excellent point. In the uh, we've had several Jays that have not been hitting. Only Double E has really hit that well. Uh, you know, oh no, um, Josh Donaldson, Donaldson's hit, yeah. Uh, the uh, MVP of the if there's a excuse me, if there's an MVP just of the postseason in general, he's got a strong case right now. The uh, well, you you know, I thought he and Mike Trout are the two best players in the game, uh, overall, right? I year in and year out, uh, sure. Uh, but I mean, they have, uh, 
It's hard to beat them at home. And yeah, Cleveland's struggles come on the road. We don't know how much, you know, eventually uh, you're going to have to quit using Miller and uh, what's his name? The uh, Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Allen. Uh, that much. You know, you I mean, they uh, Tito's piecing it together now. Well, yeah. in, in, in a best of seven, he's I know this is a dangerous way to think, especially in this era of baseball the way games are managed now and we're getting to that but um he's kind of bought himself a game i would think oh right you're right yeah and can like let one go here yeah he he Uh, can let one go and and say i could have miller for two innings but i'm just going to use him for one well he could just say miller doesn't pitch this game (laughs) even better even better um and then yes the washington nationals they just can't seem to Figure out the postseason. They were so broken. Yeah, they, they were a broken team. Uh, the Rangers were the best team in the American League all year, and the Cubs were the best team in the National League. But the Nationals were the second best team, despite having so many players go down. You know, sure, uh, their their injuries were right there with the Mets. Sure, and and yet there they are, Game Five, winner take all with Max Scherzer on the mound. The Nationals were so broken. And the Mets were so broken, and we know what happened to Miami, that the Braves were above 500 the second half. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you go back and look at some of the quality wins from that, and <laughs> may, uh, may, may change things if those are healthy Mets and, and Nationals. I mean, we swept them in New York, right, you know, right. in, 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 in thank you, Ender Enciarte. Um, but you're right. And, and I just, the disappearing act of Bryce Harper. I mean, what, what does that tell you? Do you think that he was hurt or just, you know, couldn't get out of his own head or, or what do you, what do you attribute that to? He has a beautiful swing, but it's a complicated swing. Right. And, uh, I mean, there is as much torque as any player I've seen since Ted Williams. Uh, that's a pretty big mirror. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, and I would think it would get real easy to mess up a swing like that. Sure. And, and he's, you know, I know they're all huge in, in, in live and in person, but on, you know, watch him play on television. He doesn't look nearly as big as some of the other players. And his, his swing is so good. His torque is so good. It's, you know, but uh, um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, yeah, gets, I, I can understand that. He gets his hands inside the ball better than any batter in either league. As you were watching him, since you can recognize these things better than someone like myself, is that what you noticed? Did you just, I mean, does it just, does that I, I, show on oh, watching well, him on television? And yeah. the torque, yeah. I mean, he, he. But that he was struggling with it. Oh, no, I, I, I would have to, and I don't know that I could ever see it on that level as to what mechanical flaw he has uh you know we watched chipper always had somewhat of a complicated swing here uh and it was from particularly since he had it from both sides of the plate uh and it was always his father who could correct him when he went into slumps and things and because his father grew up 
with that swing or he grew up with you know, they were there you know yeah every game from little league to uh, the right. pros watching that yeah right uh i mean i i was the same way with my son i i know his swing better than my own for sure yeah you, you know uh and the uh it is i don't know that harper ever had that you know has had that kind of instruction uh the uh it would take some, I mean, I know that's what batting coaches are for, but uh, even to say a batting coach can cure that, that's not necessarily, you know, uh, always the case. Uh, the, there are batting coaches that have theories about how to hit, uh, you know, the Walt Riniak kind of way and Charlie Lau and stuff, and uh, the uh, all sorts of different a- attitudes toward it. And that doesn't mean it's going to fit that particular player or anything else. Sure. Well, he could probably just turn to his right and ask uh, Daniel Murphy the secret to hitting. Because yeah, once again, what a postseason for that guy. And, well, and I have said I've been a Murphy fan for a long time. I have wanted the Braves to trade for him years <laughs> right. ago. And, and all they did was talk about his negative defense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you're hitting 500 in October, it, it kind of glosses over that. All right. So, well, now let's let's go first to third here um, with managing which has been really at the center of the playoffs to me that's the biggest continuing storyline and you start with the wild card game and uh you know buck Showalter's decision to not use zach Britton, all the pitching changes that dave roberts is doing and to the to the stronger side the way that tito is managing his bullpen um let's start with dave roberts what did you think of game one how that eighth inning played out. Unfortunate. Uh, I, I think, I mean, for the Dodgers, the, uh, I, um, I, I, I love Smoltz's announce, you know, coverage of it. Smoltz is great. The, uh, Let's take a minute here. Smoltz <laughs> is wonderful. It's so nice to have him and not have to suffer through McCarver. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but yes, you're right. Everyone in the known universe, except maybe a few people in the press, will agree with us on that. But anyway, uh, the uh, I and I forget even what his assessment was. I know he saw Blanton having trouble with his slider, like the pitch before that right, grand slam, right? And uh, so I, I think, uh, I mean, the Dodgers they, they to get here, they had to have Kershaw pitch in relief you know uh and uh, a couple of innings you know and the uh that speaks somewhat to their bullpen you know uh yeah and, i mean as they've put all these pieces together you and i both have said this that this was probably not the year that the dodgers are actually uh eyeing to be the beginning of their long run dynasty uh, right. It was probably a year away, and yet they were able to do it, and uh, or to be here at this point. They're you know they are at the brink. Um, they're tied up one to one now. You know their, their bullpen fell apart in that game. I don't have any problems with the way the manager used. I it's very difficult for me to condemn a manager at any time because I think it's. There's so there's so much going on. You got to be there every day. I know I did as a coach. There were times where I would have somebody bunt with two strikes because I knew he he wasn't getting 
wasn't going to get on base any other way. I had a, I had a, a batter that used a wooden bat until he had two strikes because he I uh, used to make him bunt so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, that wasn't telling him about anything. Uh, and he hit 300. He hit 300. Very nicely done. The, the uh, but well, so I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, the what pitchers are going out there, there might be somebody that's just like uh, sicker than a dog. You know, I, there could be all sorts of things going on. Well, okay. Aside from scenarios like that, an injury, somebody's sick, you know, th- those, you know, things that we don't know just as the viewing public. Dave Roberts, 600 pitching changes in, in the course of the regular season. I believe and I feel that he is overmanaging or micromanaging now that they're in October. And I like him. I mean, I like Roberts. Oh, I do, I do too. I think he's, he's done a uh, wonderful job. I, with all the all injuries. Right. Uh, yeah. He, all right. Since Dick Williams started using Raleigh fingers every game for several innings uh, back in the 80s or something like that, I mean, it has the the sins of the regular season have been magnified on the mound in the postseason. We see all sorts of changes. I mean, think of everything LaRusso's done, you know, like, yeah, okay, it's three and two. I got to bring in another pitcher. Uh, uh, the, uh, I mean, and the amount of pitching changes has just become burdensome to the game. Uh, they have to warm up. They have to come out onto the field. You know, the, uh, it's, uh, the the Red Sox Yankee games of uh, the last twenty years were seen. The managers take so much time walking out to uh, the mound, you know, and uh, taking as much time as possible, and still having seven pitching changes per team <laughs> on in a game. It's just it, it, you know. It slows the game down. Roberts has spent more time on the field than some of his everyday players. That's that's true. <laughs> uh, I don't blame him for it. His job is to win, not to have a speedier game. You know. Sure. And uh, the uh, I think that it's something that Major League Baseball needs to address. And again, we're going to Smoltz. I like his idea. You got to pitch the two batters. You know, or that's a good whatever. idea. You know, uh, I I'm not one for drastic rule changes but we have moved in a even the amount of pitchers you carry on a team that has uh i mean it used to be well uh when major league baseball started there was two uh one, <laughs> right yeah one who started and one guy who you know might come in if the other guy's really sick or something uh <laughs> the uh don't think we're going to go back to that anytime no soon. but i mean it has grown uh I mean, and now where you have on a 25-man roster, you may have 13 of them be pitchers. It changes the game where you have to – and people like – I'm rambling here, but uh, people <laughs> like Madden have taken advantage of this who stock their team with versatile players that can play in different positions because they have to. Sure. Well, with Roberts, because he seems to be the biggest – offender if you will of of the 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 managing ad nauseum i mean having kershaw come in a save situation in game five that's a very bochy-esque move to me he knows he knows his bullpen he knows their struggles he knows kershaw is his horse and so okay great job there but let's go to that eighth inning in game one against the cubs he he's he's tied the game his team has tied the game in the most dramatic crushing of fashion off of the 103 mile per hour Aroldis Chapman, 
and he intentionally walks Jason Hayward. Javier Baez flies out, and then he intentionally walks Chris Coughlin to load the bases and get to Montero, and the rest is history. I am so glad that that blew up in his face because I know he's looking at his spreadsheets and all of his charts. At some point, don't you just rip that up and throw out the numbers and say, Jason Hayward is a terrible hitter. Go get him. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think he's one for 18 in the postseason. So why would you load the bases? Because even if the worst case scenario, Hayward drives in the runner that was on second, okay, that's one run. You know, he he does this managing to get Chapman out of the game, and it blows up in his face, and I couldn't have been happier for that. And again, I like Roberts. I can see a real reason for wanting to get Chapman out of the game. <laughs> uh, the uh, And I, even though Smoltz warned us, uh, I still didn't think Montero was that much of a threat. Yeah, well... <laughs> The uh, I you know I, I'm t- the uh, you know I don't want to second guess, guess a manager. I don't I don't like doing. I mean, uh, in one game or one, there, there can be so many factors going on. Yeah. Well, then last night he gets the best managerial advice of his life from Clayton Kershaw. Although yeah. Baez put a pretty good <laughs> he put a pretty good charge on that ball. Yes. Uh, but. Uh, but therein too, I, I mean, let's let's talk about the TV element again. You want to see Kershaw face Baez, right? Mm-hmm. In that situation, we want to see these top flight starters in key matchups late in the game. Sure, so, sure. I mean, and, and I, it's great to see a great pitcher late in the game. Period. Right. Yeah. That was your starter. Yeah. Um, now on the other side, you know, Tito. I mean, he seems to be pushing all the right buttons. But do you think that he and Roberts are a lot closer than than I am looking (laughs) looking at this? I mean, do you feel like Tito is is uh, I feel like he I feel like Tito has the right balance and that Roberts is too far on the side of numbers and 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 the the charts Uh, and all that roberts maybe i but he may all you know think of how many general managers that team has right he may be you know (laughs) uh hired and you know we we don't know what things are coming down on him from the front office who are saying in this situation hayward walks period or you lose your job you know we don't know that that's not being said and we really think anyone's saying that right now (laughs) No, but I do think that the Dodgers are a sabermetrics construction uh, and an organization like no other organization in baseball where the uh, general managers may be dictating a lot more to the managers, just as catchers don't call games anymore. You have games being called from the bench, you know, where the the pitches are being called, you know, that pitchers, you know, aren't calling their own games and stuff. Uh, the same thing may be true about managerial decisions. We know this was true with Walt Weiss. I mean, uh, you know, Colorado admitted to it. And Roberts may be very much under the same sort of situation. Um, Tito is doing a wonderful job with the team that he has. He is, uh, I mean, with the pitching staff that he has. The team that he has is an exceptional team. Uh, sure. A lot of great young players, uh, particularly up the middle. Uh the, uh, and all this time without Bradley. Oh, I know. And, you know, uh, the uh, Michael Bradley's 
father taught uh, uh, or I mean sounded out has instructed uh, my grandkids cousins in baseball and that makes you all (laughs) (laughs) absolutely nothing yeah I I just found this out over the weekend Uh, (laughs) that's that's uh, great (laughs) let me know if he ever comes to one of the games and heard that he was really good and a very nice man well that's good okay good for michael brantley uh senior father yeah yeah uh but um i i think tito's just done he's done a a wonderful job with the pitching staff as broken as they've been well and there's an appreciation for the moment too because again at some point you know baseball is played by players on the field and john smoltz will tell you this that you can't quantify in any level of data stress pitches and pitching in uh october where you know you're on the road and the entire stadium is shaking from right. the level of intensity from the fans wrigley field uh, there's a little bit of pent-up <laughs> yearning <laughs> yep. to say the least so why then just insist on doing this numbers matchup thing when you're walking the bases loaded and amping up the intensity Oh, I'm, look, I, I don't agree with it. I certainly don't agree with it. And I do believe in clutch players and people that rise to certain situations better than others. Why not? People do that in every walk of life. Some people, when the pressure's on you, some people are better than other people. To say that there's no such thing as a clutch player is absurd. It's absurd. Right, yeah. It's to take the humanity out of the game. Um so am I? Uh, I don't, but I'm still know that Dave Roberts, who has been a serviceable, uh, good employee for a long time, has you know paid his dues. Uh, is he going to take the job with the Dodgers, even if they say, "But we dictate." player uh we dictate this element of player use you know you will have input but if we say this goes it goes uh he's going to answer yes but how do you think that same front office feels then about using kershaw you know four times in 10 days i think that front office is probably a mess they got too many chiefs and not enough indians there you go and so (laughs) oddly we come full circle to good job by dave roberts (laughs) to get him this far right i mean look look we saw i can't believe i've gone back already (laughs) we we, look at what we have seen with the hawks in the past when they oh sure i mean it was the same sort of thing yeah well um and you know (laughs) somewhere in the beginning of this discussion was uh buck showalter's now incredibly infamous move to leave britain in the bullpen does this cost Showalter his job? No, because he's been like as smart a manager as there's been for X's yeah. and O's and type of thing. It was a Freddie move. It, I mean, it such was, a Freddie Gonzalez uh, move. But I uh, and I don't understand it. I, I don't. I mean, you know, he, uh, who knows? I mean, in that moment, you know, if if you're in that situation, this the 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 moment Ubaldo gives up the first hit. In that wild card game, you you get Britain warmed up. Yeah, I, I I don't understand it. I don't either. It's bizarre world. Um, all right, and then now coming into home, umpiring. 
the Bryant Gumbrell, uh Real Sports did a whole special about this, about the the errors with the balls and strikes being called. You've certainly seen it in this postseason, uh, where there are some real questionable calls that are leading to they're just changing the whole mindset of the at bats for these hitters in these key situations. Uh, there was one last night where uh, Kershaw was a good four inches, six inches off the plate, called a strike, and you know changed the mentality of that at bat late in the game. You and I are traditionalists. We we have been uh, averse to certain changes, only to come around later and say, "Yeah, that was the right move." Are we at the point now where we need laser guided uh, strike zones, uh, umpires uh, sitting uh, from a center field camera perspective to call the balls and strikes? Because um, we have to get this right now. Is that your prevailing feeling? We've got all this technology that there's no we way. We certainly to- do have the technology to do it, and we have seen. I think it has benefited tennis greatly. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, and. and um, but, you know, we also watched Glavin and Maddox take whatever an umpire would possibly give them for years and do it expertly. Uh, you know, they particularly didn't... in the case of Glavin, <laughs> I mean, those were in the other batter's box getting called a strike. I mean, uh, and, and let me also say, being an ump, a home plate umpire is a difficult thing to do. It is a really difficult thing to do. You have to really focus and have a zone. Uh, and they, being a good umpire, is uh, an admirable thing. I mean, it, it's, it's a, a tough job. I don't think that umpires can be great for or be really good for as long as a lot of umpires are umpiring. Uh, they're umpires that have been around forever. You know, uh, you know. They talked about Bill Clem, the you know the Hall of Fame umpire. Uh, the uh, people used to insult his vision and stuff. Well, his vision was going bad. He was going blind. He literally was. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, the uh, and some of the. <laughs> My vision, I, my glasses are like, I look up here, I'm nearsighted, down here, I'm farsighted, you know, whatever, you know, they're, uh, and when you're, they're umpires at my age, you know, they, they, their, their vision can't be as good as, as it once was. Sure. Um, now that said, I like seeing pitchers, uh, adapt. Did I like seeing LeVon Hernandez, you know, throw three feet off the plate and get, get a call because Eric Gregg couldn't get down low enough to see the pitch. No, I didn't like that. Uh, but that was the umpire. That was not the game. And But you were right. We have been, I was against wild cards and all that stuff, and they were good. You know, the, uh, I was against division play at first. I mean, you know. Right, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> That's, the uh, you know, the real traditionalist to the point of, oh, why do we have these gloves? <laughs> Why don't they leave them on the field? <laughs> yeah, catch them with your bare hand like a real man. Yeah, we can't exactly go that far back traditional now that the toothpaste is out of the tube. But I will say this. What I appreciate about umpires is that I feel like, I mean, we're, this is entertainment, right? Baseball mm-hmm. is part of the classical definition of the arts. 
the umpires are part of the theater. Oh, absolutely. We want, we want to go there and tell them that they're blind. We, and we want more <laughs> Dutch Renards. We want the calls and everything. You know, I don't want to hear it. I, I, I'd much rather see some umpire, you know, pulling, you know, calling somebody out than having <laughs> Enrico Palazzo than than hearing something go beep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's going to take away from the sounds of the game. Right, right. Just a red light goes off. It's something less now, than dramatic about that. I'm not. And you're talking about the theater of the game. There's so many pundits now that are like get so upset anytime some. Uh, manager blows his top and goes out, you know. And, but we know we watch Bobby Cox do this six hundred times, and uh, and he did it. And his players loved him for it. He was sticking up for them, making sure they didn't get thrown out of the game and stuff. You know, he he was being a good manager. And so, I mean, Bobby wasn't, you know, he you know it wasn't Earl Weaver or Billy Martin or anybody, but. Uh, <laughs> There's so many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, Casey Stingle. I mean, oh my goodness. But uh, the uh, I, I, I you're do actually think... harder pressed to tell who was like cool headed the whole time in the man in the ring. Well, yeah, it, but it's it seems like that's the minority. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Uh, the uh, now there have been some. Who is that? That uh, Braves farmhand. Oh yeah, that throwing, guy who's throwing, throwing the grenades grenade. and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that guy. That was a little over the top, but that's why you're in double A. So, well, I mean, the strike zone seems to be so under fire right now. Uh, okay, no, well, no, no pun intended, but yeah. the uh, what I, I think one of the biggest problems is that we don't have very good, many very good umpires, and some of these umpires, and I'm not going to say any particular one. There are some umpires I really don't like, and a lot of there are umpires that the players really don't like. Uh, the uh, but because of their contracts or whatever, they stay around forever. No, so I think something rather than revolutionize the game, let's try to improve what we have first. Uh, I agree, I think umpiring is part of the theater of the game. Uh, so let's have better umpires. You want better players, you want better managers, you want better, you know, we should have better umpires. Do you believe in Manfred as, as a commissioner to? To really go hard at that topic, to- I, I have. Oh, I, I don't know if that's on the agenda. They have this, uh, you know, the um, yeah. The, the CBA you know, is on a scroll that goes from here up to New York and back. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that that's enough for him to have to worry about at the moment. Uh, sure. So I don't. I doubt the quality of man of umpiring is really a big issue with him. I'm sure it's on his plate somewhere, but. He's got to get the contract signed first. Yeah. Well, and so in your estimation, just to kind of, you know, close this argument for now, um, how far away do you think we are from having a laser measured strike zone where somebody is truly and, you know, on the on the uh, Bryant Gumbel piece on real sports made a convincing argument that there would be somebody you know, there would still be a home plate umpire, you know, calling the plays at the plate you're right yeah. th- those such things and 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 would be relaying you know the strike the balls and strikes right. so i mean do you feel like that scenario is inevitable and if yes how far away how many years away is that i think it probably is inevitable uh and it's still a few years away uh but i, I wish they could improve the umpiring more if we're gonna have that kind of 
Uh, I don't want a home plate umpire. I want a real robot. Uh, <laughs> like so, a vendor from Futurama? Yeah, right. So. I'm going to vote for Wally. I want Wally to be back there. So, like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, when there's a collision at the plate or whatever, and then it just, you know, shatters into a thousand pieces all over the field. That, that's some new theater yes. for you. All right. So I want your prediction. Game three tonight. Uh, first uh, LCS in. Uh, Toronto, first LCS game in Toronto this year. Who's taking game three? I think the Jays do six to two. All right. <laughs> That's very specific. Um, we'll hold you to that. Right. Um, and then as far as uh, the series go. Um, I, well, I, it's at that point where I can't do it logically. I can, I'm too emotionally, you know, uh, well, it's, that's biased. fine. Emotionally, I'm what do you biased. want to see? Oh, I really want to see the Indians win. I got the two teams. I wanted to see the Jays in there as well. You did, yeah. Uh, and because there, there's just such an excitement there. Uh, but the Indians, it's been, what, 49? It's 48. 40, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, 1948. They, they've been Feller. waiting since 49. Right, true. And, you know, Cleveland against the world, if they held two championships in the calendar year. I mean, the thing is, if we get Cleveland and we get Chicago, the Cubs, one of the two cities is burning to the ground, if not both. Like, one will burn in celebration and the other in absolute, you know, disgust. But um, so, but on the NLCS, it is 1-1 going back. I mean, you know, yeah. there you go. So uh, uh, how does that series play out? Cubs it, need to start hitting. Amen. They grossly overlooked, one might say. <laughs> right. They need to start hitting. Uh, and, um, you know, that, that's bottom line. That's, you yeah. Know. Yeah. But if you had to call it right now, are you saying Cubs Indians World Series? I'm saying that's what I would like to see. That's what you would like to see. I'm, you know, after game two, I'm thinking the, the Dodgers are going to win. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. I think, but I would, as a baseball Fan without a true dog in the fight would love to see Cubs and Indians. I do think the Indians will win. I'm gonna, they're my pick. So, um, I feel yeah. better about the Cubs than I do the Indians. Okay, even though I mean the series you've got it. Somebody's up two zero and the others are tied. Uh, I think the Indians. You know, I, I just don't see them having the pitching depth. Yeah, right and and if Toronto, I guess a very good hitting team, right? And Toronto very well could be three two going right. back because right. these next three games in the Rogers Center will be bananas. So, right. well, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a great postseason so far. So, uh, thank you as always to everyone watching on the YouTube channel, uh, listening to the podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Um, you can find all things running the bases at runningthebases.com like us on facebook follow us on twitter at at running the base uh leave your comments uh leave your questions what you'd like us to talk about what you'd like us to shut up about we're we're welcoming to all sorts of feedback so all right so for coach bounds i am tucker wells this is the running the bases podcast we're coming into home and we're safe coach cleveland rocks <laughs> have a good night good night